For the next 30 or 60 days, we urge you to play this record every day. Play side one in the morning before you leave your home. Play side two in the evening. If you will do this, you will start the development of those traits in your personality that will enable you to make people like you, believe you, and trust you. Welcome to podcast, everyone. This is No Spooks Allowed, and I am not spooky. Are you recording? Yeah. All right. <laughs> and that's the NSA mod, my co-host. I, I literally waited for it to hit record. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you want to start? Yeah. Um, so we don't have much planned this this time around. Oh, no, I, hello. 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 Uh, this is uh, NHA Mod, a.k.a. Noah, talking to Not Spooky, a.k.a. Thomas Massey. Hey. I mean, I will I will take it. Um, I, I did... It, American hero. <laughs> I did enjoy the text from you where it's just like, uh, it was like this man is basically fighting the inevitable. Yeah, and... I mean, like if you look at what actually happened, he was just fighting for a uh, recorded vote. He just wanted people to be on record for what they vote for. Yeah, and I don't disagree with him. So, I mean, it's a noble, noble cause, but nonetheless, kind of, kind of didn't go the way he planned. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where Republicans probably also don't want a recorded vote just because at that point they don't want it used against them later on. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be touted as socialists for the rest of their political careers. But, I mean, when you're playing with other people's money at that point, it's like, I, I don't imagine that... I don't know, I, I guess to me, the way that I always kind of viewed it is... When you're touting that you're going to give people free money, I imagine that it's going to create a lot of backlash if you were to do anything to slow it down. Which, in the end, like you should not be giving free money to begin with. But I feel that that basically creates blood in the water. Yeah. Um, I think it's a 1984 quote. I just read it the other day. Um, Those that seek to seize power will never... relinquish it something like that something along along those lines Mm -hmm. so along with that like there's blood in the water and it makes those that are receiving that blood more and more hungry and they will not want to get off that because i I, at this point like i already imagine what the campaign ads are going to be against him come at the end of the year like they're going to be like thomas massey didn't want you to get your money yep um, however, I think he might still get reelected. I mean, but, but wasn't that the whole thing where like AOC, where like AOC was kind of in a, or I might think about someone else that they were kind of in a Republican seat and then basically just kind of took like somewhat of a collective strategy and they lost it. Um, I don't know. AOC is in a very blue district, the most blue district. It's like Brooklyn or something. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't think it was. Else. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I also know that Kentucky is very red. I don't mm-hmm. think they're swaying either way. And I think they like Thomas Massey. Um, I think that Kentucky is slowly turning blue. Just mm-hmm. uh, But mainly in the, the capital cities. Well, or like specifically like Lexington and Louisville, 
Mm-hmm. Like the big cities, specifically college towns, and then that's about it. Well, isn't that a case everywhere around the country? Yep. And, I mean, you could eventually kind of uh, make a case that maybe there's something wrong with all these colleges is making everyone specifically turn blue. Hmm. I don't know what case that would be. Um, Maybe go back and listen to this one episode called Critical Theory. (laughs) Self-advertisement. Hmm. I don't know. So uh, I said that in the beginning I wanted to give you a photo that I wanted to get your reaction, and I sent it to you. Yes. And I just received that photo, and I am looking at a photo of... I'm trying to find out what... Is this the Dow? Is this the... Sorry, I just can't find that. So I'm looking at a picture of the Dow... And it says, this cost $500 billion. And it's pointing at the climb where, oh, this is just a, this is an hourly map. Yeah. So there's a huge spike at like 1 p.m. No, this was a few weeks ago. March March 12th. Yeah, when the Fed first injected money into the um, the stock market to try and keep it afloat. Yeah. Okay. What do you want me to? How well, do you want me just to more of that, like, because you see the spike, but then you see what's what happened right afterwards. Another crash. Yep. Um, I was listening to this guy. He's he trains traders. Uh huh. And he was saying that he w- he imagines that the Fed did that just so people, like connected people to the Fed, could sell their sell off their positions so they wouldn't lose money before it tanked hard. So this was on the twelfth. Is that what? Yeah. So they they pumped in a whole bunch of money so um, so these people that are connected to the Fed can get out of their positions that would have decimated them. But then, so, I don't know. Does that just mean that the last time? Like, I, I, I kind of go back to the whole thing. It's like, I don't feel that there's anyone really in the market at this point, just purely like just the Fed. Right. Uh, I, was, I also heard, like, or I didn't hear, like, it's logic. For every sell, there's a buy, mm-hmm. and is it just the Fed buying these things? Like, is that pretty much? That's nuts. So, I mean, just like in that situation, the Fed bought five hundred billion, and then at that point, everyone else sold. So then, at that point, like those you people come out. You should do a write-up, like find sources, get it together, and then we should send it off to my favorite economist. Um. Bob Murphy. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tom Sowell. I mean, him too. I want to, like, I would be curious to see what their analysis, like, a uh, trained economist analysis of, of your theory is. Or uh, get, like, Ben Shapiro. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say that name? Just kidding. Um. It's weird, like, when I'm on Twitter and then there's someone that I'm kind of agreeing with, and then I look like, oh, recommended, and then it says, like, this person follows Ben Shapiro, and I'm like, yeah, now I don't know how I feel anymore. Why is that? I don't know. It's just I feel like maybe the idea that, like, Ben Shapiro is so just normie tier, but at that point where it's, like, it's almost kind of like, oh, like you are so like you're not even there yet. Like you're not even at a point where we can have like the same discussion anymore. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> is it like, for example, how do you feel about Steven Crowder? Is he normie tier as well? Yeah. I what think the- he's like Edge Lord um, going into normie. Edge Lord going into normie. Yeah. Interesting. At what, or 
what commentator is just strictly edgelord, no longer normie? Um, like Molly? I, I mean, I don't think... I think if you're going to the route where you're listening to, to Molly, the, I think that you... You have heard at least a series of interesting conversations um race relations the jq and like um a bunch of different ones where at that point like you're no longer normie tier like you already have some like kind of weird nuanced beliefs is there a jumping off point like is there someone between Crowder and Stefan Molyneux? Um, I think, I mean, I guess that podcast that you showed me, um, Friends Against Government, <laughs> I think that if you were listening to them, I think that's kind of an in-between point. Except they hate Molly, so. Yeah, but at the same time, I imagine that it kind of circles around. <laughs> I mean... <clears throat> Due to their commentary on Molly, I have had like I have mixed feelings about Steph and Molyneux. But another podcast I listen to, <coughs> excuse me, another podcast I listen to, it claims like he says that they're that Steph and Molyneux is great. So I also res- like respect this other podcast that says Stefan Molyneux is great pretty highly. So I, I think that Mo, like Molyneux is a very uh, conflicting, like kind of like, kind of like a lightning bolt where it's like he attracts a lot of people, but it's also like, I mean, I, I showed you that one about Elsa and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting argument that he makes, but like, it's not like an argument for the average person. It's someone that's like kind of, um, thinking about stuff on a, on a different level. And I mean, some of those people would just view it as complete tripe. And then some people would think like, look at it and just like, all right, like this guy is coming at this from a perspective I haven't seen. And mm-hmm. it, it helped me look at stuff in a different way. And it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like, a, I guess if you were to go to like an art museum and it's kind of in a sense of there's people that are kind of, showing you um just kind of like i wouldn't say impressionist art but basically kind of like neorealism or something like that and then at that point you're kind of like walking away of just like is that really art or what have you and then just like some people would appreciate the brush strokes and what have you but then at that point some people would just kind of be like guys this is tripe and then just kind of like have no interest so i kind of feel like He's kind of like, I'm not saying to, to the equivalent that he's an artist, but I'm saying that just like, I feel that people kind of walk away with what they came in with. I see. It's been open mind. And I'm not against listening to anyone, honestly. Like, listen, who, listen to who you're going to listen to and, um, like, believe what you're going to believe. Just make sure it's you that's doing it. Don't just, like, blindly follow. That's what I've been, like, trying to find out, too. Because I I hear all these guys and then they like talk, start talking bad about someone and I'm like, ah. but I like them, so I'm just gonna continue to like them. So that's my advice to the void. That's what we call our listeners. Yeah. Um, um, just continue. Just continue on. Listen to who you're gonna listen to. Don't worry about it. Like I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's people. I mean, whoever listens to this. Like, maybe they like Steven Crowder. Maybe they like Ben Shapiro. I don't know. But at the same time, like, it, I mean, I would just say those are, uh, Ben Shapiro is not for me. I would say that, like, 2008. for me. Yeah. Like. I mean, he helped me get to where I'm at, though. So. Um, I mean, I would say that his argument on, uh, with, um, What's that guy, uh, that British Piers Morgan, was like the first time I ever heard him, and I thought it was interesting. But then anything after after that, like, I I wasn't interested. Hmm. Um, but let's see. 
Oh, which reminds me, Alex Jones got kicked off of Google Play. Really? Um, which it's like, I don't know. It's like the, the whole high. I mean, we're not really talking about like the coronavirus, but like the whole hydroxychloroquine thing. Like you've heard about chloroquine. Yeah. Where it's like you have that that Momo in Arizona that basically he took the the fish tank cleaner, and now they're all like basically hating on his drug. Yep. It's orange man, orange men bad. Yeah. So essentially, because Alex Jones was promoting uh, hydroxychloroquine or whatever, it's like at that point they they then kicked him off. Yeah. Is he had a um, app or what? You said off of Google Play. Yeah, so he had an app where because he, he's no longer allowed like on Twitter or what have you. But he right. had an app that at that point would let, at least let you listen to um, like his podcast as it came out. Right. So like you were able to like get just kind of like a live feed of his podcast through the app, but then they removed it from the Play Store. Interesting. All because of hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, but like, to me, it's like uh, that story just seems so weird. The the fish tank one where it's like if if it weren't like 2020 and someone were to say, hey, local man in Florida and just fish tank cleaner, no one would think otherwise. Especially if it was Florida. Yeah. But because it's some old guy in Arizona that at that point, it's like, oh, man, we need to basically like circle the wagon now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's... Um, what? Something else. The media. So, um, in the beginning of the conversation, we were basically talking about um, uh, the internet and what the internet thought the future was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um... So I, I should also mention this is before the recorded beginning. <laughs> yes. So, um, like, so like back in like 2006 and what have you, like a lot of people had like um, Pirate Bay and all these like uh, torrent websites. They basically kind of felt that going forward that there was going to be like a hard crackdown on any streaming website and stuff like that. And they really also kind of suspected that um, Comcast and a lot of subscribers were going to put caps on people's internet to the point where they wouldn't be able to either play video games online or even, like, download anything. Like, that was kind of the way that the industry was kind of basically go about um, challenging, like, people's uh, uh, downloading activities and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. To which it's like it's it's interesting to consider that now, like fifteen years later, like while Comcast does have a cap, I mean, I I've never reached it. Yeah. Um, I know that like for cell phones, I mean, I have Sprint, but like, I, I mean, I download probably like a hundred gigs a month or what have you. Really? And, yeah. Dang. <laughs> That's a lot. But it's like I don't. Uh, um, like I've never reached a cap where they say like, all right, you can't do anything. So it's kind of just kind of interesting for me to kind of consider like the biggest fears of what people thought like, um, net neutrality was going to bring compared to what it is now. Mm-hmm. What exactly was proposed in net neutrality? Like I, I, I'm not even familiar with. Um, so net neutrality was this whole thing that, I mean, it's weird to consider that it was almost like a year ago that everyone was like making these big arguments, but essentially like net neutrality was the idea that there would be fast lanes and slow lanes on the internet. Mm. So then, but then the idea would be that the government could in a sense, um, or not necessarily the government, but like corporations could then decide, all right, well, your website is not. Um, ideal or preferable, so then we're going to make it into the slow lane. So then I that will, things that are basically like PC or what, like I mean, PC is just a, a way to think about it, but just like things that like that we prefer get put on the fast lane, 
and then like weirder stuff that we don't want to promote get put in the slow lane. And then it also, they also kind of argue that at that point that the internet was going to be, like, um, I guess, uh, sold in packages, in a sense. Which, in the end, like, that's what the internet ended up becoming. Like, think about, like, at this point, it's, if you want to look at streaming websites, you got Netflix, Hulu, like, Amazon, like, what have you. It's like, it's like there's, like, 300 different, like, subscription packages yeah. On top of that, so it's like I, I I never understood like what that argument meant. Hmm. I never thought of that. Um, so, were they saying it become more like a, a cable television? That that was basically how it was going to be treated. Where it's like that um, the ones that had like cozy advertising relationships, like let's say MSN, CNN, or what have you. Like, those were going to be, like, the basic tier where, like, for $30 a month, then at that point, you can, like, you have access to all these websites. And then at that point, for, like, $50, and at that point, you get, like, I don't know, access to, um, I don't know. I, it's weird to consider what, what websites exist nowadays. But, like, um, let's say Reddit was, like, around 50 tier or what have you. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 100-plus, and at that point, you basically have unrestricted access to all the internet. And then at that point, the idea of just, like, it, it was just going to compartmentalize everything out into just, like, fragment, like, just going to fragment it as much as possible. But, I don't know, it's just, like, it's, it's weird to consider because it's, like, in the end, like, that kind of happens nowadays, even, uh, like, I don't know, it happened then when net neutrality was a rule and it happens now. So it's like, I I don't see like why people made such a huge, like it's going to be the end of the world type argument. Uh (laughs) Sorry. I'm like dying over here. Um, I like, I see what you're saying and it's pretty, or like, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's Orwellian unless it was controlled by the government. I I feel that a lot of it was like sounds like a good business model. I if, mean, a, if a company were able to run it. Yes, but um I'm trying to remember what the whole thing was. Um cuz if I remember correctly, um part of it basically put the onus back on the providers. Okay. So it would be another thing like, um, so the example they always use is like the telephone companies can't be responsible for like a, a gang gang using their telephone lines to commit crime. Okay. So would that be the same? Like, well, the whole thing was more that like, Essentially, it would put all the strain on, like, Comcast to then basically um, handle all the traffic, whereas, like, without net neutrality, then at that point, it puts the strain back on the providers. So then Netflix basically has to provide enough servers throughout the country, as opposed to basically uh, Netflix having a server in, like, every Comcast thing. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, okay. I get it. It just... It would have forced um, companies to become more than what they are now because they would also have to be a server on top of being their company. Yeah, so, like, basically, like, a lot of the companies, like, say, Twitter, Netflix, and things like that, like... Sorry, my dog's barking. A lot of the, the, the companies are, like, these, like, big, like, internet hogs... Mm-hmm. We're basically arguing against net neutrality because at that point, like, it put the onus on them if they had to, especially at that point, create all these server farms and then have to pay all these bills. Whereas before, it kind of was put all on Comcast and all these uh, um, internet providers to basically carry the bill. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, do you, like... I don't know, I guess, like, what side you're kind of on. Um, I'm on deregulation side. So 
whatever a private company wants to do, they can do whatever they want. Which uh, I feel that that was kind of the whole thing with removing net neutrality, which kind of deregulated, where the government was no longer in control of the whole thing. Yeah. So as long as the government's out, I'm good. But then the issue comes when those powerful companies such as um, Facebook are like cozying up with the government, asking them for directions and what they should do. You know? Do you think, uh, this is something that we haven't really broached, but do you think that eventually we'll have social credits over here? Oh, I sure hope not. But the way things are looking, I'm like not very optimistic about... Um, about being a free country from very like quote unquote free country for very much longer. I, okay, does does the whole like two trillion thing really make you feel that it's like no longer a free country? Mm, it's more the devaluation that will occur. I I mean I I understand the whole argument, but I guess like to me in terms of. If given the option tomorrow of doing a, let's say, even a $10 trillion package, where at this point basically it's like $1,000 every week until this entire crisis is over, yeah, versus the Patriot Act 2, I would go for the $10 trillion package any day of the week. Okay. Like, I understand that, but there's, it's not just, it's honestly not just the money, it's the response of the government around the coronavirus. I know I'm not trying to talk about the coronavirus, but um, Trump just barely ordered GM to start um, manufacturing ventilators, right? Do you see that? Yeah. So that's fascism. Okay, and I mean, we had a conversation once about fascism. Right, I know, but you know how I feel about fascism. Um, um, but then also, like mandatory, like he's also he's also talking about um, an an enforceable quarantine order for New York. Mm-hmm. So, I've I've just been seeing memes all over the place of like World War Two. And, um, like, uh, crap, who is that? The, the Rose no, 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 the, just like the SS, they're like checking people's papers to make Mm -hmm. sure they're okay. But then instead of the SS, they're like, um, American soldiers checking, checking papers to make sure you're an, an essential employee out for work well um I'm trying i guess to it's called the gestapo yeah sure um goodness <laughs> i completely blanked on what my argument was going to be but um so why I, you don't, why you think it's not a threat to our freedom like it's it's the same argument we've been having for the past couple of weeks. Um, safety, security, or freedom. I guess in this situation, I mean, you kind of have a, a weird sense where um, Trump basically, in a sense, has actively referred to the disease as our enemy. Yeah. And we're basically technically at a war with them. Okay. This proverbial, I mean, I mean, I, I'm kind of getting flashbacks to like 2003 of us being against terrorism, which is an ideology, whereas at this point it's a bacteria. Virus. Uh, I mean, what have you. They're very different. I'm not a doctor. I don't know the difference. I just play one on TV, and that's about it. <laughs> um, but... You, you I, I guess to me, it's like you have like this whole thing where it's like, sure, we're going against a, um, a, a virus, I guess, but then it's like, I don't know, like what, 
I can't really think of any other solutions that exist. I mean, considering that you're seeing the numbers that are coming out of New York, like, what other options do we have? Because, like, people seem to be for arguing for the idea of, like, hey, let everyone get back to work. And it's like, all right, so then at that point, if that were to happen, you can't have people in New York basically kind of ruining it for everyone. So if basically you just kind of isolate to, like, these two states, California and New York basically being put on quarantine, and then the rest of the country can go back to work, then at that point I kind of see that as the best of two worlds. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I just don't know the logistics and all that fun stuff, but it just seems to me that people are letting their our civil liberties erode. So, well, I mean, do you think that it would be forever? No, but it normalizes it. It's like, uh, what's that word? It's a prepper, not a prep, but like a conditioner the whole like um so you see it in a movie you see it in a movie and then it like normalizes oh, it. yeah it's it's like priming you so i don't know well, i mean i guess we've had like four decades of pandemic movies but no no, no i'm not saying that i'm saying like what is happening now is priming us for future events when everyone's just going to go full bore into this globalization crap. So I, I guess to me, this is something I was thinking about like um, a few hours ago, but like we, we have had decades of pandemic movies and then you have people like Tom Clancy, or what have you that like, are these like, military authors that they basically work with the cia and all these stuff and it's just like these are like ideas that we've had for decades and then you have like fema basically hoarding up since katrina and then it's just like whatever happened like what like what in a sense happened that with like all these decades of planning we never had a contingency plan to this extent what do you mean like, like I'm like, like I feel that the idea of a bioweapon should Hello? Hello? So yeah, basically like while we were recording this, my computer blew up. So Good times. Um, started reaching into hot topics the CDC didn't want us to discuss. So the CDC used their wing of the NSA, and the NSA has infiltrated our computers, and they're onto us. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so, I mean, for backstory, um, we've been trying to do, like, this podcast over Skype since this whole, like, uh, stay in shelter thing has been in place, and, like, um... Every time I, the spread. Every time that I um, make a Skype account, it gets blocked and banned. And then now, basically, my computer blew up. So now we're basically recording on my phone. So, I don't know. They're on to us. That's all I have to say. They're on to us. Um, but essentially my argument before everything went bad is that it doesn't kind of make sense to me because like you, you have like decades of, of prepping in different forms and all these like simulations that we could have ran and, but then it's like, what happened? Like what, like, why are we in the situation that we are now? Like, I would have imagined that we would have uh, used like the national guards as like extra hospitals and things like that. Like, I mean, like to me, just as a, as a normie, I guess, like I would have imagined that we would have had hundreds of different ideas or like, um, possibilities. And it doesn't seem as if we've gone about it in any form. I mean, 
I think the the U.S. was caught unawares. And that's but the simple. Should, well, sure. Even if we were caught unaware, we would still have contingency plan, would we not? Samson plan. <laughs> Blow everyone up. I mean, that's not America. Yeah, I know. I mean, is it, though? That gets into some different territory. Um, but, man, this... It's the yes. ones who are running America, possibly. We may yep. never know. This computer's gone. You have to get a new computer? At this point, yeah, because, it, it, like, it says boot options, but there's none. Like, I, I can't do anything. And if I restart it, it basically goes back to the same screen. Like, this is done. Like, I've never, like... I consider myself reasonably tech-savvy, but, like, this basically looks as if the, the drive died. Hmm. And all I was, like, the only program I had going was Skype. Are we going to get paranoid about this? Most likely. I'm just glad it hasn't happened to mine yet. For the record, I had, prior to this whole thing, I have never had Skype installed until this weekend. Or I guess last weekend, because that's when yeah. we started. Yeah. But yeah, so it took a week and now my computer is done. And I've had this computer for a year and has never had an issue. Well, I guess they want you to get a new computer is all. Oh, this is so frustrating. It's rough, man. It's, it's the equivalent of like witnessing a family member get like die in front of you. Are you sad? Oh, I mean, I'm gonna have to take it out back and shoot it. <laughs> I mean, you may or may not have the equipment to do that. Um, I will in about like seven days. It's shipping to you. Well, no, it's a FFL place that I then have to pick it up from. Oh, I see. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> but um, in the beginning, we were talking about just the idea of like putting stuff on like online and what have you. And I mean, at this point, like this completely threw me off track. So I'm just kind of looking around at what I'm, yeah, it's my apartment. And. It's like today I went shopping for like vinyl and stuff like that. And it's just like, I, I guess for me, um, most people are hoarding food and stuff like that for the apocalypse. But like for me, it's just a lot of like hoarding vinyls. It's, it's not going to help me much in the long run, but like, I don't know. I'd rather go. something to listen to. Yeah, I'd rather go comfy into the sunset. Hmm. What's your? Did you bought a vinyl today? Then I bought two vinyls. What'd you buy? Um, Dillinger Escape Plan option. <sighs> Do we option talk one? about? Have you and I talked about Dillinger Escape Plan before? Yeah, I know who Dillinger is. I I'm a fan of those. I'm not like hardcore fan, but I like their I like their stuff. Um the the name of the album is like Option Paralysis. Yeah. So I got that album, and then I got uh, Tyler the Creator, uh, Igor. Really? I love that album. That surprises me. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Tyler the Creator and Dillinger Escape Plan. That's quite the contrast. I have a lot of, like, contradicting, like, type of... I got Michael Jackson here also. Triller. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, 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 I mean, I've recently started collecting vinyl, but pretty much it's just collecting what my CD collection was. I see. So, yeah. Where's your CD collection now? Um, what? Wait, say that question again? Where is your CD collection now? It's here, but like at the beginning of... Uh, uh, what was it last summer? I bought a vinyl record player, and then at that point, I just started buying my CD collection, but in vinyl form. I see. 
Because I figured that, like, the CD collection I can put on a um, on a server and just, like, rip everything and put it on a server. But then at that point, like, if I was just going to be comfy just laying in a room, I'll just put it on vinyl. I see. You got the Mars Volta yet? Bro, <laughs> go on the internet right now and then look up, like, Mars Volta on vinyl. It's like $500 for each album. I don't believe it. That it's that high? I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, if this is a vinyl... Uh, Oh, it's CD. Just one second. Because this one was $27, but it's a CD, so. If, if I, all right. So their first album, The Lost in the Corridorium, on yeah, Amazon. Oh, $511. Goodness. But uh, on, um, but that's uh, used. I don't know if you're looking at the same one that I am, but it says $2,005.99. Dang. Why are they so expensive? I'm assuming mainly because they probably just made like one run and that's it. Like they didn't like keep making them. Yeah. So pretty much if, if you were there, you were like a like mega fan. If not, then basically they just become collector's item afterwards. So do you see yourself buying these in the future? If I went, like, if I struck rich in, like, Bitcoin or what have you, I mean, maybe. Only but maybe. even then, I... <laughs> what? Only maybe? It, it, I, okay, like, so for me, I understand even, like, as someone who has got, who came from a dirt poor place, to moderately wealthy now, I still understand the concept of value and I am aware of when you purchase certain things and it is like more money than cents. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, uh, there's some stuff that I've literally spent on a joke and still feel bad about, but like $500 on an album that I already own on CD, I, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know if you could do it? I couldn't justify it. Like I feel that, like even you had millions in the bank, I still find a, like there'd be a place in hell for me at that at that point. Really, I I can't I can't imagine it. Dang, interesting, interesting. Um, have you ever looked into the whole like hero's journey? Uh, what's that? So basically, the idea is that like. In um, like every great story, there's a is pretty much like the hero's journey. Yeah, where like he kind of starts off in a place, and then um, by like some form of like intervention from God or what have you, at that point he is forced to go into the journey into the unknown. So like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, uh, Star Wars, they're all basically kind of the same same idea. Yeah. Um. I don't know, I started, like, uh, reading about it recently, and um, one of the things early on in the journey, um, one of the people that you tend to meet is, like, a prophet, which at that point I started thinking about, like, oh, like, in this scenario, I've already, like, designated myself as Noah. So it's like... <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like, the journey? Well, that's the thing, it's like, who is? Am I the hero? I, I mean... Eventually, you have to slay the dragon. I'm narrator. I'm just a narrator. So, do you consider yourself the hero? No. I'm a sideline character. No way I'm the hero. Why not? Tom- Thomas Massey's the hero. Yeah, but he hasn't met me yet. <laughs> he could. No. <laughs> 
I mean, if he lost his position in Congress and then at that point, like, fell on hard times, then at that point he'd probably meet me. But I don't think that he would cross path with me. <laughs> you never know. Okay, so that, this is basically the hero's journey. The hero is in his natural environment, and then there's a call to action, and then there's a refusal of the call, and then he meets a mentor. And then he crosses a threshold and has his trial and his first failure. He then meets allies and enemies. He then grows and gains new skills and then has his first success. And then at that point, he ends up having a grand trial that will then basically uh, give him a revelation, a new insight, and then he'll discard his old self and then accept his new role and then basically start his journey back to the city and then stepping up to his final challenge, which at that point will then restore order and then he will take a new place in the old world. Sounds about like every other fantasy journey or star wars harry potter lord of the rings there is yeah which at that point like when i was reading about it and then at that point i saw that that the prophet was such like an early character i was like that sucks i don't even get to see the ending (laughs) i mean i think the prophet still sticks around at the end like when when the hero gets a position or something well i mean how often do they stick around all the way to the end like I mean, I, I guess like a main, a main character, like, but I, I don't think they just die off. Well, I mean, I guess like if you think about like, um, I don't, know, I mean, I, I guess it, this kind of would out me, but in a sense, I've, I've not finished, uh, um, Lord of the Rings, or I've never watched Star Wars or Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's like, yeah, I believe, uh, who is the old guy in um, Harry Potter? Dumbledore. All right. Doesn't he die? Yes, he ends up dying. So there, there you go. And um, let's see. Obi Wan. Obi Wan dies. All right. And then is uh, does Gandalf ever die? I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Oh, all right. Um, I'm pretty sure Morpheus dies. Who the heck is Morpheus? From the main. Wow. You've never seen The Matrix? No, I haven't. It's a pretty good documentary, I hear. <laughs> As someone who is aware of of like the whole like red pill, blue pill thing, it I is. Know, I know. You know what? All right, so I, I mentioned to you last week that I was going through all these like apocalyptic movies. I feel that you should watch that movie. I it's on my list. I just have hesitation when it comes to Keanu Reeves. Why? I don't know. He just not—he's not a good actor. So you've never seen um, oh, what's that movie that he—he's in recently? John Wick. Yeah, I have not, but I do actually want to see that one. I mean, he is—is is forty-seven Ronin. That was pretty good. Well, like, uh, to me, it's like he had as much action. In, say it again. Talk about Hero Stories 47 Ronin. I, wait. No, I've not seen that one. It's pretty good. about um, 13 Samurais. I don't know what that one is. Oh, it's a it's just black and white, um, like, samurai movie. Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe it's all black and white. And then I think like only the scenes where there's blood is there any actual color. Hmm. And I mean, it starts off a little bit kind of comedic at first, but then like once they get into like the midst of the battle, like it just gets really depressing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you should really like. I don't know. Like to me, I think that the first Matrix movie is really good. Uh, you don't need to watch the rest of the trilogy, but the first Matrix, I feel that it's a, um, at least very thought provoking. Hmm. I will. I will watch it along with anyone else in the void that would like to watch it as well. So wait, last time you recommended Twenty Eight Days Later, I watched that. Is there anything else? That's the only other than World War Z, but that's the only um, like I'm not a big movie buff, honestly. Mm. 
So I only watch movies once. So I watch movies like once a decade. So it's like I don't know, like it takes me a long time before we're like rewatching something. Yeah. Like I want enough distance that way it's almost like a new experience. Um but uh did you watch The Road? I have not. Oh. That's a very grimy movie. Grimy? Like, yeah. The whole thing is basically like, they never explain uh, what happened in the movie to cause like this whole like apocalypse. So then it just like, it's kind of like happening after the fact. So it's just like, a guy and his son basically traveling down the road to try and get to Florida because the idea is that they can survive like the north like northeast winter hmm. so they're just trying to get all the way to the south and then it's just like I mean he's completely disheveled he has no way of shaving or what have you so it's right. just like um, he can't like it's just like he gets like progressively like more and more dirty and like just kind of like um, so like at one point he gets shot with an arrow and then like you kind of see it like infect a bit and he can't like he starts to limp on it and what have you um so it's just kind of i don't know like it, it's an interesting watch uh there's this is kind of a i guess kind of like a moving scene in the beginning of the movie where he pretty much tell his son it's like listen there's two bullets in this gun one for you and then one for me like if the time comes shoot both of us before we become like any of these monsters. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I will have to check those out. And so Matrix and The Road or The Walk? The Road. The Road. Okay. I will check those out. But over here on this end, I am falling asleep. So. (laughs) All right. All right, everyone. Um, email us at nospooksalloudpod at gmail.com and stay safe. Damn it. <laughs> um, I'm not saying, I'm just saying.